Welcome to the latest episode of Public Power Now. I'm Paul Schimpoli, News Director for APPA. Our guest in this episode is Matt Hardebeck, Director for Innovation and Continuous Improvement at Nebraska's Omaha Public Power District. Matt, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Sure thing. Um, so, Matt, um, to get our conversation started, could you talk about the history of OPPD's innovation team and, and also detail your responsibilities of director of that group? Yeah, let's um, we'll dive right into it. Uh, innovation was started as a kind of as a concept by two young professionals back in 2015. Uh, I happen to be one of those who pitched the idea to our then CEO, Tim Burke on how we might be able to start a enterprise-wide innovation team. Shortly after that, and his kind of approval of that, we went and created a small cross-functional team that looked at, hey, what other models are out there for innovation and, and bringing that to utility space? Um, a few months later, we, we pitched a model to our executive team and got approval. Shortly uh, after that, in 2016, we started um, engaging the first innovation team. And we we did that kind of different um, than maybe most people would think. We used a startup accelerator, a managing director of that startup accelerator here in Omaha, Nebraska, to select our first team, which was pretty unique. We, we felt like they had the skill set of picking this more entrepreneurial talent. So uh, quickly after that, we had a four-member team that started uh, and we ran through a lot of different uh, ways of trying to find, you know, those unique concepts and opportunities. Uh, and the, the team has kind of transformed since then. Kind of a unique story there in the beginning. In the spring of 2016, we started our first, what we called then, which was like company-wide ideations. We allowed employees to submit ideas and we would allow the whole company to vote on those ideas. And then... Uh, whatever top ideas would float up, they would the the idea submitter and the innovation team would work together on kind of a Shark Tank pitch that then we would put in front of the executive team. You know, weeks later, we released our first wide company wide ideation event. Uh, the ideas started coming in, the votes started coming in, and the idea that rose to the top was cut executives' pay. And you might think of that or see that as a potential failure. But what happened out of that was really interesting. The idea went through the same process as the other two and eventually was pitched to the whole company. And in front of the executive group, we shared more about our philosophy on executive pay, um, how that matched up with other industries, other utilities. Uh, and what I think it really proved to the organization was a couple things. One is we were committed to trying innovation even if it was a little difficult and a little scratchy at times, and that the innovation team wasn't going to shy away from any concept or any tough idea that came across us. Now, since then, we've moved away from those company-wide ideations as we found there's more business value in selecting other channels, but we still do utilize our, our whole employee base to find ideas. So I'll pause there. I think that gives you a little bit about the start, though we went through a lot of iterations of the company model since then. Yeah, definitely. Thanks, Matt. Um, so uh, how many people are currently on the, the innovation team and what are their backgrounds? So we currently have five individuals and I'll, I'll kind of run down through their unique skill sets because I think it's 
it's really important as, as you'll hear here that there's a really diverse group that works um, with a lot of different backgrounds. So first up, we have an employee that comes to us from our contact center. Um, so, you know, her her drive and keenness to what the customer wants and, and understanding customers and how we can best provide new value for them is really important. Next, we have an employee that comes to us from our corporate communications group who has kind of a background in, in video editing, content marketing, really understands how to tell a story. Next, we have an employee that kind of has a, a light technical background, but has a deep expertise in drones, which has been very valuable to us as we step through how do we leverage that technology. Next, we have a kind of a unique role where we have a shared resource between our technology group, our enterprise technology group, and innovation. So the individual actually reports into our technology group, but works nearly 100% of his time supporting uh, prototype development, proof of concept development, and innovation. And then lastly, you have myself, who has an engineering operations and customer background. Okay. And so the the people you described there 100% committed right now to the innovation team. In other words, they don't have any other responsibilities at OPPD at this time. Yeah, that's correct. So that was okay. part of some of the evolution that I mentioned earlier yeah. was we had a model where individuals would work full-time on the team, but only for a period of 12 months. Right. And then they would go back to their, their department. And what we found was... Um, there's probably better efficiency in having a full innovation department. So that was a change we made in early 2019. I guess, you know, in terms of, of covering public power for our, our newsletter here, I have to say that I'm not that familiar in terms of how unique the innovation team is um, at OPPD. Do you have a sense as to how unique it is in terms of the public power utility community? You know, I'm I'm not that sure. Mm-hmm. I I haven't found many others who who have models very similar to ours. I, I would say not only within the public power space, but you know, in the broader ecosystem of innovation groups, mm-hmm. um, it's hard to have a sustainable function. You see these kind of functions kind of spin up, they'll live for a few years, and then they'll they'll morph into something that doesn't look like innovation anymore. So I don't know if there's a whole lot of them out there, but the way that OPBD has established it and the governance that we placed over it, the structure, the strategy, and lastly, probably maybe most importantly, the autonomy that's allowed to the group probably is pretty, pretty unique. Yeah. So just kind of maybe get into more of the meat of, of the, what I want to talk to you guys about was the the projects that, that the, the, t- the team's working on uh, now as well as in the past. Could you kind of provide additional details on that? Yeah, yeah, I'll I'll highlight a few here and then maybe you can dive in if you have any other further questions. Sure. So one from the past that I would highlight is a project we call Rain. And Rain started as kind of a home level energy utility monitoring and management tool. Um, but then kind of halfway through its life cycle, it switched to something that would probably blur the lines between an innovation or a, an internet of things network mixed with like a fixed network that you would think of on the metering side. But the the device network, we we built prototypes, ran them 
on our distribution system to test them. That was all managed and uh, owned from the innovation team. So all the software, all the hardware, all of that was done by the innovation team. It would the the system would provide data on home usage, outages. It would track other data like weather or system characteristics. It had a lot of feasibility um, and a lot of value that potentially could come and really inform the the district moving forward on some larger other strategic items. But for the team to be able to create something from scratch, you know, 3D printing boxes, programming Raspberry Pis, working on radio frequencies, we found it was really, really valuable. Okay. And that's up and running right now? No. Actually, oh, sorry. That, that was... Go ahead. Yeah, that, that project died a few oh, days okay. ago, as we okay. would say. So, you know, I think it's, it's difficult to do innovation in a corporate setting. Hmm. That project had some challenges in terms of going from a home-built solution and trying to find manufacturing and, and scaling it right. to what would be you know, tens of thousands of units. And also, I don't know that we we fully understood the value of the concept at the time. We have more recently seen other consumer companies start releasing a product that's very, very similar to this one. But I would imagine, you know, even in a situation such as that, where a project doesn't make it across the finish line, there's a lot of um, value and knowledge to be gained from going through that process, right? It really was. Yeah, the, I would say, and I, I've heard our, our CEO characterize it as one, some of the best learnings we've had hmm. in terms of this more exploration and testing and researching. It it provided the data and some of the way that the the tests were run on these hardware and software devices informed our technology groups, our system transformations groups. It accelerated some of their decision-making and the way that they're enacting some projects now today. So it's it has legs and it's providing value even after the concept itself didn't move forward. The way that the project moved really helped us. Yeah, makes sense. And how about uh, ongoing projects? Yeah, so there's a number of them here that we're, that we're working through. I'll highlight a couple and, and see if you have any anything there. So we're working currently um, trying to understand computer vision and how we might be able to create a model that can help us with asset management. So what can we do in that visual space or in that um, sensing capabilities that we can build a model that really accelerates that? Um, another one is we're looking at some devices that are behind the meter and what kind of data lies behind the meter on electrical usage and patterns and behaviors and what kind of things can we provide to customers to help them. And then lastly, I would say we're um, also exploring some advanced drones and robotics capabilities. So not just thinking of drones as a visual tool to pick up visual data, but also what kind of activity can they perform that would be helpful for us? Okay, and one one other question came to mind. Um, how, in terms of projects that you guys pursue, 
how much of this is derived from within your own team versus perhaps someone from outside the team at OPPD suggesting an idea? We, we don't have any, you know, standard cha channels or practices of getting concepts. What I'd say that the team does a really good job and OPPD as a whole does, we, we try to look within the public power space and in the utility space, but also where is the consumer space going? Mm -hmm. And then trying to make the kind of the leap between where that is heading and where we are and see if there's any opportunities there. So there's no, you know, idea inbox right. anymore, but we are open to any kind of concepts employees have or our leadership or sometimes our customers. You know, you'll see a mm -hmm. customer with a particular pain point and with you know, kind of the right view on that, you might come up with a concept that solves not only that problem from the customer, but maybe a larger, you know, utility issue. Um, in terms of the ongoing projects that you listed, anyone in particular that 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 excites you more than the others, perhaps? You know, I think the one that's really interesting is probably either the computer vision. I, mm -hmm. We're just early down that, and we've we've created some models that can identify some items on our on our transmission and distribution systems and that seems to have a lot of value and from what we found there's there's really nobody who's pulled it all together and as i think about public power in general i think you know there's um there might be a path there where combining all of that data together you might be able to create a, a more beneficial model for all public power if Mm -hmm. everybody could put in a little bit of the effort and and the data to really pull that together. So that's that's kind of exciting. The the other one too is on the drone side is you know thinking about them not so much as just a tool that can fly and and get visual items but what other things are they capable of doing um as a tool um you know what kind of other items can especially when you pair those up with robotics. So kind right. of excited to see where those two go. Yeah. And in terms of, you know, in the context of the ongoing projects, um, does your team, you know, once you start a project, do you have even, uh, you know, unofficially, do you have, do you set some kind of um, timeline or for, for deliverables from a specific project? Our governance structure is a little unique. Like I mentioned earlier, the, the team utilizes kind of a different framework um, called Lean Startup that really helps. And that's like an uh, assumption-based rapid prototyping type methodology. Mm -hmm. So what that enables the team to do is it, it helps them de-risk a lot of the concepts while providing quick validation of things. So it's not uncommon for them to quickly do interviews with customers or build a prototype and see how that reacts or what kind of data it provides and then quickly learn from that and then you know adjust and move forward those learnings then flow up to a small group of executives that have kind of oversight on the innovation work so on every 4 to 6 weeks or so the innovation team will get together with those small group of executives here at OPPD and share out the learnings and project forward some of the work that the team wants to go do and make sure that it aligns to the corporate focus. So if a public power utility listening to this episode of Public Power Now was interested in setting up an innovation team such as the one at OPPD, what would be the first steps that utility would need to take? And also what would be the timeline 
um, from your experience for setting up such a team? First, I guess I would I would want to them to really ground themselves in the why. I think that's really important. I think there's a lot of innovation that's happening within OPBD, even though we focus mostly today on the innovation team itself. But I think OPBD as a whole really understands why we need innovation and why transformation is so important. So I think grounding yourself in that, but I'll give you kind of three things to think about. I think for anybody in the the public utility space that wants to do this, I think there has to be a question asked very early on, are you looking for business growth? Are you looking for cultural change? Those can both happen, but I, I feel like my experience would suggest you should have one as your focus. The other one will end up probably being a byproduct but one has to be your primary focus. The second item that you know you you really would want to key in on is ensuring that you have some air cover. So making sure you find executives or middle management that really understand the value of innovation and you can build that small army of supporters. And then lastly, I would say this is kind of the autonomy piece. It's it's creating kind of a sandbox approach for those innovation teams to go and work in, utilizing different skill set, give them a digital environment that's not harmful to the rest of the company. Um, Because the last thing you want an innovation team to do is disrupt a lot of what you're trying to do more broadly corporately. So you don't want to draw, you know, technology resources or customer operation resources into something. Um, I think you really want to ensure that the innovation group has flexibility to move faster in what the organization can do to go kind of outside of corporate practices, but do that in a, as a smart uh, and intentional way so you don't create risk that doesn't need to be there. Well, Matt, this has been a very illuminating conversation. I've definitely learned a lot uh, through speaking with you, and I would love to have you back um, perhaps sometime later this year or or early 2024 to to revisit some of the projects you guys are working on and get an update. Yeah, that would be great. Okay. Well, Matt, thanks again for taking the time. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Public Power Now, which is produced by Julio Guerrero, graphic and digital designer at APPA. I'm Paul Champoli. We'll be back next week with more from the world of public power. 